Hey guys, it's Michelle. And Hallie, this is golf. Mostly. <laughs> Looking at you, you're on your phone. I'm like, Michelle, get started. Hello. It's time to podcast. I was like, why are you looking at me that way? <laughs> uh, so you can say the thingy. <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle, a few weeks ago, I got to go to the Sage Valley Junior Invitational. And let me tell you, that event is what junior golf dreams are made of. It was wild really wild it was so cool i mean let, let me just say first of all i mean this is first like, of all first of all <laughs> that was a combination of first of all and first off first of all okay all these kids get to stay at sage valley which is this beautiful lodging cabins and stuff without their parents oh yeah so it's like 32 i believe it's 32 guys 32 girls best juniors in the world the parents can come and wash during the day but then they have to leave and they wow. all get to stay That's... on site uh with each other and obviously a lot of them knew each other from previous events but you know make new friends kids flying in from all over the world it, so they get to stay on site the food is incredible they had a fireworks show they bring in the tailor-made in Callaway and Nike tour truck. So the kids get to essentially act like act like touring professionals. Nike, um, which is the reason I was there, they had a shopping experience for the kids. Mm. Um, and then they had this event, which I believe the other partners of the event did as well, had like a night. Uh, but for Nike night, that's why I was there. And we'll get to uh, what you and I did in a, in a little bit. But yeah, it was just, it, it was so cool to see these kids so well taken care of and so excited. And then I also had the opportunity to play uh, golf with Macy Payton, Anna Davis. Anna Davis won the Augusta National Women's Amateur last year. And, uh, you know, she also won the Sage Valley Junior Invitational. And I like to think it's because I played practice round with her. So yeah, you're welcome, Anna Davis. No, <laughs> she was, she, I, and also I will say, I was really upset, Anna, because I was so excited that I was playing with you and we're both left-handers and we both like bucket hats. And when I saw you last year with a bucket hat at the annual, I was like, man, that girl is so cool. And then obviously I had to wear a bucket hat the day that I was going to play with you. And then she showed up without a bucket hat on. I was like, how dare she? Oh my God. The, the, this, the, the brand. I had the Instagram pl caption planned and everything, you know, just two lefties and bucket hats. But yeah, she was. Like two lefties and a bucket hat. And one and bucket hat and a visor. <laughs> but uh, her and Macy were so cool. I mean, they are so, so good at golf. And it, it was so much, so much fun. So, uh, but anyways, back to, I did, I'm really combining my words today. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> Wait, what words were you trying to combine there? I don't know. I was saying, but anyways, but it came out as, but anyways. <laughs> okay. I'm just so excited to talk about Nike night. Anyways, Nike night, they brought in Tom Kim. Last year, they had Scotty Scheffler, and then we all know uh, the year that he went on to have. So uh, good juju for Nike night. Uh, they brought in Tom Kim, and you and I were able to do a uh, podcast. I was there with him. We uh, threw you up on the big screen. Producer Chris flew with me there. We had the whole thing set up. Kids sent in questions, which was really, really cool. Um, so the whole conversation was based off the questions that 
that the kids had for Tom and Michelle. And honestly, uh, what two better people to ask about uh, for advice on having uh, success uh, at the professional level. So, yeah. What did you think about the experience? Yeah, no, it was awesome seeing. I mean, I didn't get to see the kids. My screen. Oh, yeah. You, guys, so. <laughs> you were looking at us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure the room was filled with it was. The wonderful kids, kids and parents. Take my word for it. Um, <laughs> no parents. No parents. Oh, no parents. No parents. Oh, okay. Just okay. Kids. Just kids. Um, See, again, I would have known. You would have known. But... His face towards the room. <laughs> um, but no, it was, I think, Tom Kim. I have so much respect for what he's done and um, so far in his career. And I'm so excited for what he's going to do. Um, but we're two examples of kids who have both turned pro very early, but have had very different paths of getting there. And I think it's really important to know for these kids that these kids know that there isn't just one path to professional golf, that there's many different paths. And my story, I'm just hoping that kids don't feel like they need to give up education if they want to pursue it. I think people can learn from Tom Kim's career that if they want to just go straight to golf, they can do that as well. Um, there are very different paths um, to doing it. But I think one thing that I took away from Tom Kim was just his courageousness and braveness, you know, to come to America and to pursue his dreams at such a young age. That's mm -hmm. a very terrifying thing to do. Yeah, for sure. And so nice. Was uh, so humble. So humble. And then afterwards, after this talk, which you guys are gonna gonna listen to here in a second, the um, the conversation that Michelle and I had with Tom. But he spent some time. They have this amazing par three course at Sage Valley that's all lit up and just in the most impeccable shape imaginable. And we did a par three contest with um, it was Tom and Macy, who's a girl I played with earlier in the day, Anna and another guy, and then two other. Um, mixed gender teams and they we played a, a competition of part three alternate shot and it got heated michelle like a lot even producer chris is nodding like a lot of shit talking oh. <laughs> it was it was and and then it was it, one kid I, I don't know what happened during the u.s junior but i don't know he must have not had a good experience because one kid's like don't pull a u.s junior and i was like oh my savage wow savage <laughs> yeah side betting how old are these kids? Probably between the age of, I think there was maybe a 14 year old girl that was the youngest, but okay. then most of them were between, were probably 16, 17, 18. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it what was the entry fee to this thing. I don't know. I have no idea, but it, it was a really, really cool event. And I just, I don't think that event was around when I think it started right, right when I got to college. But I mean, I never really got to that, that level, but I mean, these kids were so good at golf and I, I just love being around. Like you forget what it was like to be a junior golfer and like have chipping contests with your buddies oh, yeah. and like talk crap and I was just like oh man it's really fun to see this dynamic and it was really cool too Tom was laughing because he was like man you know I one kid said this really s silly joke to him like Tom was standing there and this kid goes you drop something and pointed behind Tom and Tom didn't drop anything <laughs> and Tom was like how old are you dude that's the stupidest joke I've ever heard and the kid's like 17 and Tom's <laughs> like oh like I'm used to hanging out which also that's like a joke a 10 year old too but um tom was like i'm really used to hanging out with 30 year olds you know so it's really nice to hang out like he forgets that sometimes he's actually closer in age to these kids yeah, than he is to a lot true. of the guys that he is what hanging is he, out 20 with he said he has tw 20 that's crazy then the guys he's hanging out with on tour you know yeah. so world yeah crazy world but anyways it was really really cool to have this chat with tom kim at the sage valley junior Invitational. if you are a junior golfer or maybe you have junior golfers in your life I'm sure you will get something out of this conversation. 
You need a well-rounded game to succeed in golf. And the same goes for your finances. That's why we love SoFi, the all-in-one app that lets you bank, borrow, and invest. Download the SoFi app today to ace your finances. SoFi, get your money right. Banking products and loans offered by SoFi Bank N.A. NMLS 696891. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. All right, Tom, um, I got a just a pretty straight up question from someone out there. When do you think you're going to be the number one player in the world? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> hopefully soon. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So I'm I'm working hard. I was I didn't have tour status, you know, 10 months ago on the PGA Tour. And now, you know, I won twice. You know, I've had all these things and um, it's just it hits you fast. And I have to realize that, you know, I still got to learn because I'm still learning out here. You know, I've just come off this stretch where you've, I've played this really, really hard golf courses and you finish 30th and you're like, man, I feel like I've played terrible, but the experience has, hasn't got me there yet. So mm-hmm. I'm still trying to learn. I still have to remind myself that, you know, I'm, these guys have 10 to 12 years of experience under their belt. So um, just got to have a great team around me to kind of remind myself of that. Yeah, they've they've been around those courses a hundred yeah, more exactly. times than you yeah, have. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the lines that they take uh, compared to like, are you sure? Like, I played with Rory at Bay Hill, third round, and um, not sure if, if you guys played, but it's a dog leg right par four, and it's like three sixty four, and I'm just trying to hit it to the left side of the fairway, and he's aiming sixty yards right over the houses, and I'm like, you allowed to hit it there? And he's chipping for eagle, so. <laughs> Um, just stuff like that. I kind of I need to kind of get used to. Yeah, for sure. Um, Michelle, what about you? I mean, at such a young age, you had so much pressure put on yourself to to perform. How how were you able to sort of cope with that and sort of kind of stay in your lane? Yeah, I mean, I think like Tom, um, I had very high expectations for myself. There were, you know, certain dreams and goals that I wanted to achieve, and you know, very grateful that I got to achieve most of them. But yeah, it was it's hard. I think it's. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it feels unfair when other people put expectations on you, but I just try to look at it as, you know, people believe in me. I think a lot of my career, I've tried to reframe things, um, reframe negative into positive. And one of the, I guess, negative, I guess you would say of, oh, people put a lot of expectations on you. I kind of reframed it as people believed in me. People wanted me to play well and people got excited when I got played, I played well. So I kind of reframed it like that in my mind. Yeah, that's a really, really great piece of advice. Tom, how did life change after your first win? It hasn't changed much. Okay. Um, the biggest thing was the comfortability of having a, having tour status and not worrying about, okay, I got to keep my car next year and I couldn't kind of fit my schedule that was the biggest thing. Um, but the biggest change for me was just kind of, it was a long time dream of mine to win on the PGA Tour. And um, once I got out here, I realized how hard it was. Um, and sometimes you kind of have to, you think in the hotel rooms, if it's if it's ever going to be possible, but um, to kind of win. And it was just, uh, it was just all, I could kind of remember all the times when you're alone in the behind the scenes work kind of come to life and yeah. Um, big took off. How, how were your nerves on that Sunday? It was, uh, yeah, that back nine, I think I shot 27 on the front 
and I was cruising. I accidentally glimpsed the leaderboard, and I was so you accidentally accidentally saw oh. it. Yeah, that was that was my whole plan. <laughs> just keep my head down and work, and saw that leaderboard, and I had four shot lead, and that putter started to feel like a, a sledgehammer. You know, it was <laughs> it was heavy. I couldn't really lift it well, and if you see on the tenth, I just pushed it right. I had a sloppy bogey, but um, kind of nice to cruise in a little bit. On yeah, the Michelle, walk us through your first win. What was that like? Uh, my first one was in college in 2019. That year was a, a fun year for me. Um, so fun fact, I actually didn't, I turned pro when I was 16, but I didn't join the tour until um, I was 19 um, because my school only allowed me to miss like two or three weeks out of the year. Uh, and my freshman year at college, I just wanted to not have the I guess, pressure playing fully on tour. So 2019 of my rookie year, I made the Solheim Cup team that year. Um, and Lorena Ochoa's Invitational was one of the last tournaments out of the year. Um, played down in Guadalajara. Um, and yeah, like a two, three shot lead. I had, I remember the shot vividly. I had like a 40 yard bunker shot on the last hole and um, which Love is those. not really what you want to leave yourself. <laughs> um, but I left it to like three inches. <laughs> And I had the easiest putt to win. Uh, so I was like, um, S-H-I-T-T-I-N-G. I have a toddler at home. So I, I now have started to spell out swear words, um, my pants <laughs> during this 40 yard bunker shot. Um, but I was just so relieved <laughs> afterwards. I just had to tap in to win. But yeah, my life didn't really change afterwards. I still live in dorms, still partied like a sophomore and had fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Tom, how have you... I mean, you said life hasn't changed much, but a good question we got um, from one of the junior golfers was, how have you handled this early success and not let it turn into complacency? Like, you know, not just put up, obviously you're pretty set financially, you got your tour card. I mean, how do you not just, like what motivates you to say, all right, I've got two wins, like let's mm -hmm. go for more. I think once I started winning, I started getting paired with um, guys like, you know, Patrick Cantlay and, um, Jordan Spieth and all these guys and uh, yeah two wins before before 21 great but you're playing against guys who've you know when you when you put your tee down that you, you hear like two-time PJ Tour winner off the tee blah blah and then you go okay FedEx Cup winner major champion this and that and you're like man I wish mine was as long as that so I think being surrounded by that kind of puts you okay the past is the past and I just got to you know, I, I still got a lot more things I want to get good at and want to achieve. So um, just my surroundings, things like that has helped me kind of just keep moving forward a little bit. Nice. Michelle, what about when you were on tour? What really motivated you to continue to push yourself? I really just wanted to win the U.S. Open. That was like my biggest thing in my career. Sure. Um, you know, in Solheim Cup every two years, um, that was the biggest motivation to make the team. So, you know, you had to play really well all year. But yeah, it's, you know, I think Tom makes a really good point. You know, it's it's funny when you play with marquee players and you hear, you know, how long their accomplishments are. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm nowhere near that. I need to, you know, keep keep working hard, keep getting there. Um, but I think that's like the mindset of an athlete is that, you know, we never feel like we're we're at our at our peak. Yeah. Michelle, I think it was a couple podcast episodes ago, you told this really cool story. And I'm wondering if maybe you just tell it again. Um, when you won the US Women's Open at Pinehurst, and you made that double and you had that putt that you needed to make, can you just sort of walk us through? I thought it was really interesting. And I feel like the uh, 
the crowd here might find that interesting that you had that you, she had this really cool conversation with herself before she hit a punt. She went on to win the US Women's Open, but maybe you can just tell us about that. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh Tom, your mind's a lot quieter than mine. Um, but I talk to myself a lot. Um, I'm interested actually to hear um, you know, what after I share my story, I'm actually interested to hear what goes through your mind um during a really important putt. Um so Story goes, I had a three shot lead. I um, hit my ball into a bush, couldn't find it on like four minute and 58 seconds to go. I mean, pass, they finally found my ball. Um, and then I chipped kind of to like the back corner of the green. And then I ended up having like a six foot putt for double bogey. I could feel Stacy Lewis going to the range and warming up because now I'm going to either have a one shot lead or not have zero shots lead having two holes to play. And I was really nervous. It was the one part of the tournament that I got, I started getting really nervous and my hands started shaking. And, you know, I felt like before in situations like that, um, I would overthink and not commit. And then I would miss a putt and then I would be like, Oh, why did I do that? And I just thought to myself, I was like, okay, why don't I just commit a hundred percent? I'm either going to make it or make it or not make it. But if I miss it by committing a hundred percent, I would feel so much better. So like, I was like, let's just, no matter the outcome, let's just, whatever, just, let's just commit a hundred percent and see where it takes us. Um, yeah. And I guess happy ending. I did make it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm interested, Tom, um, when you have a really important part or when you do get really nervous, which I'm sure a lot of these juniors, um, feel nervous. Um, how do you cope with that? What kind of self-talk do you have? Um, I think it's the same for me. Uh, I just try to, whether it's a putt or a shot, I just try to do the best that I can. Um, cause I, I have this thing where I feel like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know, um, you know, all you can do is you just control what you can control. Um, and it's your process of the shot and whether it's deep breaths and this and that to calm you down. But, no matter how good of a putt, I'm pretty sure all, all of you guys have hit good putts, but no matter how good of a putt you hit, it might hit something and miss the hole. So all you got to do is, I feel like for me as well, it's just, I just try to trust my process, you know, go through it, control what I can control and leave the outcome to, you know, basically the golf gods or someone. <laughs> to the golf gods. To the Love golf it. Gods. <laughs> uh, all right. Another question for both of you guys, Tom, uh, what's your favorite tournament that you've played so far on tour? So far, can it be upcoming? Sure. Um, I think it's going to be the Masters. You know, <laughs> okay. We're teeing up in three weeks, and I just came from playing Augusta, and uh, it's going to be a magical place. Uh, it's just the, the field's going to be amazing. It's my first Masters, too, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. I love it. Michelle? Um, when I played, I would say the West Coast Swing was always something that I really look forward to, going back to Hawaii to play. Um, I love playing in front of friends and family. Um, I love going and playing in Korea every year um, and seeing my family there. Um, So yeah, anywhere there's good food is my favorite tour spot. I agree. Good (laughs) Korean food. It's like the first thing I yell. I'm going with Michelle to Korea in a couple of weeks. So cool. I know. I'm very I'm I'm so jealous. Can I go? (laughs) Yes, please come with us. Um, All right, Tom, uh, question for you. Funniest moment in the team room at the President's Cup? Funniest? Yeah. Or most memorable, either one. Most memorable. It was probably after um, Saturday. We were, we were still down, but that afternoon was, was a great moment for our team. And, uh, you know, I had a highlight of myself, obviously beating Cantley and Xander. But um, the celebrations, we were still losing, but we were celebrating like nuts <laughs> because 
of how much it meant for us, a team, not that week, but for the next Presence Cup of the belief that, you know what, we can actually beat these guys, um, you know, majority of the afternoon. And um, just, the, just the camaraderie, everyone was just going nuts and uh, throwing some stuff and throwing shirts and uh, it got wild, but uh, <laughs> there wasn't anything crazy. What were your nerves like going into that week? I was excited. I was very excited and uh, didn't really know what to expect. But once I saw the grounds and the people and um, you do hear a lot of booze playing on American soil. So uh, it was it was pretty nerve wracking. Um, it was probably one of the most nerve wracking feeling because you don't play for yourself. You're playing for your teammates. You're playing for the whole international side. So um, it was pretty nerve wracking, but it was a it was a big learning experience for me because after that, it was kind of like, man, this pressure doesn't really feel as close as this. Right, yeah. Uh, Michelle, you've been a player, an assistant captain on the Solheim Cup team. What advice do you have? Because I know a lot of these juniors play team events. What advice do you have uh, for team competitions? Yeah, I would say have fun. Um, I played on a Curtis Cup team as well. And anytime I'm in a team environment, I get so much more nervous playing. And I think it's because I feel like I, I – I want to play well for the team and it's not just like playing well for myself because a lot of times, you know, in golf, it's a solo sport, right? Because the only person that you can let down is yourself really at the end of the day. But these team events, it feels like if you lose a match, you let your whole team, your whole country down. And it's like this whole grand mountain of pressure. Um, but I would say, like Tom said, even if you win or lose, these are memories that you'll last for that'll last for a lifetime. Honestly, it, it sometimes I don't even remember if I had won or lost that year in Solheim, but I remember the team room. I remember the practice rounds. I remember the little itty bitty moments that I had with my partner on the team. So I think I would say just enjoy the moments, play as hard as you can, um, enjoy the celebrations, enjoy the ups and downs of the week, but really lean on one another because it's a really memorable week. Awesome. For both of you, uh, Michelle, do you have any golf superstitions? I have so many. I'm a nutcase when it comes to golf. <laughs> You are uh, actually I have run, so many. run us through a few. We don't have Man. all night. We got to get okay, to the we have all three. night. Okay, I'll start <laughs> with my least weird one. Um I have I use I use um I have a bag full of ball markers and I have to shake it and like pick out a lucky one. That's um weird. and I used to have the Stanford one that was like white and red and if I started missing putts I would flip it to the other side. Um okay, this is going to get weirder. Did that help? Did that help you? Yes, of course. Okay. It's going to, it's going to start getting weirder. This is my normal okay. one. Okay. And then, um, I would change the way I would write fours. Okay. I, did I would do things to like change up the karma, like, you know, uh-huh. and then, um, I don't wear white on, I don't wear all white ever. Mm-hmm. I don't wear pink on Fridays. Um, <laughs> And then my weirdest one, I don't use a scissor or cut anything before the cut. (laughs) (laughs) You are a nutter, but we love you. Um, Tom, make me feel better about myself here. Tom, come on. What do you got? (laughs) I'm so sorry, but I don't have any. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Michelle has enough for both of us. Okay, well, I have a question for you then, um, for both of you, because when I was at the Genesis, um, 
we asked players what their what their pocket setup was because people would say, oh, I don't have any superstitions. And then we asked them, mm. all right, well, what do they have in their pockets? Mm. And they'd be like, oh, I always have to have a big T in my left pocket and a ball mark in the right pocket and then a chapstick. And I'm like, that sounds kind of like a superstition. That is but a superstition. Do you have anything like I got to like what, what 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 do you have in your pockets when you play? Just. Tees and mark and ball marker. Okay, yeah. you seem pretty. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm very pretty mentally chill. stable. I'm pretty chill. Yeah. <laughs> You're young, Tom. There's time. <laughs> Maybe I'll get to it. Maybe I'll get to it. <laughs> um, okay, question for both of you. Let's start with you, Tom. How do you handle a bad day? <sighs> <sighs> I um. Yeah, that's hard. I'm still trying to process it. <laughs> bad days. Um. I think the hardest thing in life is uh, when it's not going well, when, when you're not getting anything out of it, is to wake up the same day and do the same things you were doing and still give it your 100%. Um, that's something that I've, I, I heard from Kevin Hart say once, um, and I think that's so true, is when it's going well, it's so easy to do the little things, but when it's not, you just got to kind of keep reminding yourself that it's going to pass, like, you know, the hard days are going to pass, the good days are going to come. So uh, just you got to stick to the process and uh, mm -hmm. it's all it's always a learning curve. So golf is very, very far from perfect, I feel like. So, you know, just do the little things right. You know, it's, it's pretty well documented when we watch professional golf and we see guys go through their pre round routine mm -hmm. after a round, whether it be good or bad. Mm -hmm. What what's your post round routine? Do are you go into your stats or are you, mm -hmm. you know, think t talking through your shots with your coach, your caddy? Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you? Um, the first thing is, I think uh, you eat a snack maybe when you're done. <laughs> no, I would. Um, it depends on obviously what time we finish, but making sure I stretch after the round and make sure I work out. Um, whether it's mobility, do, do, just do something, you know, it's especially afternoon tea times when you finish late and you go back to ho hotel room after dinner, it's like eight o'clock and you just want to lie in bed. But um, just making sure I do something to help myself recover the next day is for me is the biggest part. Okay, cool. Michelle, how about, what about you? How, how do you or how did you handle bad days on the on tour? I had so many bad days on tour. Um, then my regimen was eat something really spicy. Okay. Um, like shin lemon on the road or that's like try so to good. find like a snubu spot. Uh, um, if that didn't, if I had no access to spicy food, eat something really sour, like sour patch kids. Um, and I would watch a really scary movie. Okay. Oh. <laughs> because I found out that, um, <laughs> I found out that nothing like scary movies takes my mind off of things because I'm so scared, like comedy, whatever, like sad movie. I still can think about what happened throughout the day and I just like replay events. But like when I watch something really scary, um, it just I'm just so engrossed in the moment of being scared that mm -hmm. I don't think about anything else. And by the time the movie's over, I'm like, oh, OK, new day, like a kind of <laughs> new day. Yeah, I'm not dead like in the movies. <laughs> That's a great no way to reset. No one's coming to come try to kill me. I'll, <laughs> I'll try that. I'll try that. Yeah, there something we go. really spicy Sorry. and a scary movie. <laughs> All right, Michelle, we got another one for you. This is a great question, and it's been, you know, fun as your friend to be, you know, in your life in this new chapter. And so someone would like to know, how do you balance um, – your life with with golf and having a child you're you know now semi-retired but you did have kenna there for a while and you were still playing so how were you able to manage that? i know it was hard 
Yeah, it was really hard. I was actually back on the range like 10 days after giving birth um, and just really had her involved in everything. Every time I would go out on the range, I would bring her. Um, and then I would, st every time I would play, I would carry the bag and put her on the stroller. Um, so I, I'm really grateful that I had those memories. Um, I guess I don't even remember the hard parts now because I just remember the good parts. Um, but it's hard. I mean, I feel like being a mom, a working mom, 99% of the time, I feel like I'm not excelling in anything. I feel like I'm, you know, not doing a good job working. I'm not doing a good job being a mom. I spend like most of my time, like feeling guilty that I'm missing out on, um, either something work-wise or mom-wise. Um, but I, what I just found out is that, you know, just do your best. And, you know, I give it my all when I'm at work, I give it my all when I'm with her. And, um, that's really all I can do. Right. Tom, what are your favorite things to do other than play golf? So I enjoy like I wish I was I was more fun than this, but I so after golf for me, it's always about recovering to so I can do something, whether it's if I'm playing golf the next day, I make sure I do everything I can to recover and to, to be able to practice the next day. Mm -hmm. My focus is all on that. So I don't really have an escape. I might, I'm not gonna lie, I might watch whether it's Netflix or this and that, but uh, I just try, for me, the, my main priority is to try to get recovered to go out the next day. So you like to stretch? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I'm, love I'm, it. I'm pretty flexible, so. <laughs> That's great. Uh, M Michelle, what about you other than golf? I know, I, I think I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> Uh, I think post golf, I really like um, pickleball. I play a lot of pickleball. I'm an amateur gardener. Um, so I grow all my vegetables. <laughs> I feel very good about that. Um, love Netflix. Um, when I played golf, actually, I was really into art. I painted a lot. That's how I got my a lot of my emotions out and coped with, you know, good days and bad days and pressures and whatnot. Um, don't really have much time to do that. I would like find like weird hobbies on the road. Like I went into a phase of, I started knitting and I'm like, why am I doing more things with my hand when I have arthritis? Like knitting is the worst thing ever. Um, <laughs> and then it became eating when I was pregnant and I was like, okay, this is not <laughs> sustainable when you're gaining that much weight. Um, but yeah, I go through like weird phases of hobbies. Um, I don't have time for hobbies now, but I guess gardening is one of my hobbies. Yeah. You are a big gardener for sure. Um, all right. Last question for both of you guys, and then I'll see if anybody else has one more. Maybe this conversation has, has sparked uh, sparked another question. Um, but let's start with Tom. Tom, what advice would you give to a 15-year-old Tom Kim? 15-year-old Tom Kim. Gosh, there's actually a few. Um, I think one of them would probably be, be that kind of just trust yourself, because I grew up in Asia and the America felt like the US felt very, very far away. Um, and because Asia is not a big community, sometimes it is scary to kind of take the leap and try to come way outside your comfort zone and this and that. And um, I felt like me making transition to different tours was the confidence that I had in myself um, and the trust belief that I was gonna make it. And uh, if I could go back and tell him that, you know, if you keep trusting yourself, you know, it's, it's all gonna work out. That's great, Michelle? Um, I get asked this question a lot. 
Um, and honestly, the one thing I would tell my 15 year old, actually what I would tell my 13 year old self, and I would actually yell this at my 13 year old self is to yell at myself to wear my retainer. (laughs) I really wish I wore my retainer. It's like one of the biggest regrets that I have, um, (laughs) truly, because I went through two years or three years of braces and now I might have to get Invisalign again because I didn't wear my retainer. So all right. That's a great piece of advice. Trust wear yourself your and wear your retainer. I or love get it. All the right. ones that they wire into your mouth. Why didn't okay. I do that? Yeah, I got one of those. So yeah, that, you have you, that's where you went straight wrong. Teeth. Um, all right. Does that, do we have anybody else that wants, before we let uh, Michelle go and, and Tom tries to crush you guys in the part three? All right. We got one right here. Um, you just yell the question and then I'll repeat it so everybody can hear. <laughs> no, I do not. You have to repeat that question so Michelle oh, okay. can hear. Yeah. So, uh, do I have Yoda Shingo? It means I, if I have a girlfriend. Oh, oh. does Tom have a girlfriend? Uh, um, no, I do not. I am very, very single. Um, <laughs> I made the word single, if you guys are curious. Um, I'm as single as it gets. <laughs> okay. Fortunately. It's not, it's, not a cho- it's not my choice. <laughs> I feel like dating would have to be hard on tour. Like, you know, like you going from spot well, to spot. Other guys have girlfriends. You gotta, you gotta get like that. You, know, get, you gotta I, get that Raya profile, Tom. I know, I, I, know, I gotta start. I don't know. I know what I'm doing wrong. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll circle back. We'll, we'll take this offline. Yeah. And we'll, we'll figure. Okay. We'll help you out. All right. Um. Any other questions? Anybody? Going. Oh. Okay. We got one. Go ahead, sir. Okay, how was Christmas with Annie and Jordan? It was uh, it was great. Um, you know, there Jordan and I have been able to, you know, we became kind of close friends over this few months, and it's just it happened crazily. You know, he I was on a flight from going to Dallas from from the Bahamas, and uh, he was like, "What are you doing for Christmas?" And I'm like, "I'll just probably be myself, be by myself." You know, it's like I, I don't have a girlfriend anyway. <laughs> so he was like, no, like, just come over to our house and, you know, we'll have Christmas and this and that. And I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't really think about it. And he texts, texts me on Christmas Eve and at 7 p.m. He's like, hey, come over for Christmas dinner. And uh, I went over to his house. You know, we, I had, we, we had some steak and you know, I got to babysit a little bit and um, it, was, it was a fun night. That's so nice. All the speeds with nice people. All right, guys. Well, huge round of applause for these Nike athletes, Michelle Wee West and Tom Kim. Michelle. Bye, Michelle. Thank you so much. Bye. You want to get home? All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that combo. Thank you so much to Nike and Sage Valley for having Golf Mostly out at the tournament. Make sure you guys are following Golf Mostly on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Michelle is at Michelle Wee West, and I'm at Hallie Led, and we'll see you next time.